0: Going on, everybody. This is the feed to Embiid. I am your host, Austin Krell, along with uh, my guy, my co-host, Brock Landis. Brock, show them the cap. Show, show them the new, uh, the new work we got going on over here. There we go. My my man looks like a little less Jersey Shore character, but still Jersey Shore character.
1: I, I appreciate that.
0: There we go. So. Um, we have a new coach. We do have a new coach um and his name is Doc Rivers. Uh-huh. Uh, they somehow found a way to poach him um not poach him because he was available to begin with but that that was a really wild like timeline of events because I mean I remember I was at Yom Kippur dinner, and um I get like oh uh, well, I was at my we we hosted it this year, so we, I was uh, like I was in my living room and I get and I get the, the, the Woj bomb and I'm like oh, wait what excuse me um, and so I'm like like my family's all my my, my cousins my uncles my dad we're all re- we all re- we all reacting to it um, and you know it was it was wild and then I never really like took it like the step further of given the the, the the pattern of activity and, and action that, that this ownership group would take didn't quite occur to me that maybe they would go for him, um, but I was just sort of like it was kind of like a, like a subconscious th- thought in passing like man imagine him in Philly <laughs> and then three three, Philly. three three days later he, he's there yeah um, and it was just it was a it was a wild and bizarre turn of events especially when you consider. I think Brian Seltzer, a really good reporter for the Sixers, was like, um, was like it was a long, daunting process for for them to find the next head coach. But the guy they hired was available two minutes, so like was available, was made available in the last two three days. So oh. I mean, we, it was a, it was just like a wild sequence of events and a wild timeline. But I think ultimately they showed the fans and the general public their true colors in that. They didn't want to overpay for, for Ty Lue. That was a big thing uh, that Brian and I were talking about, is that they were constantly you know, overpaying for Ty Lue. They They didn't want to overpay Ty Lue because the market that Billy Donovan had kind of set the market for head coaches. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to overpay for somebody they didn't really believe in 100%, even though Elton, even though Ben wanted them. And then you you know Mike D'Antoni becomes available, and ownership really wanted him. Because they had had that pre that that previously established relationship, I don't know what his contract looked like. I would imagine that you know if a guy like Billy Donovan gets four twenty four, you're probably looking in the same ballpark, maybe a little maybe a little higher mm-hmm. for for for, for D'Antoni. Um, but at least it's somebody who would really not revolutionize your offense, but add some creativity to the offense and, um, and, and, but then, you know, Doc Rivers, I think is unquestionably the best name on the market. And when that best name, when that, when that objectively best name came available, they said, all right, let's fork, over, let's fork out the bread. Let's get this done. I mean, and, and they struck fast, like within two hours, Mark Stein reporting, Hey, uh, you know, Phillies Phillies talked to him next day. Jason of the painted lines says, um, you know that they're going to meet with them. Then Wednesday, Shams is like, "Yeah, it's going to the meeting is going to be held in Philadelphia." John Clark, right after Shams is like, "It's going to happen today." Next day, they sign him. So I mean, this was in less than a this is less than a work week, less than a work week. He goes from being employed to unemployed to now being employed again, which is an incredibly fast turnaround. So they got they, it, clearly it shows that they got the guy that they that they all wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. And on the other end of the spectrum, you don't see Brett Brown's name associated with any team searching for a head coach or an assistant,
0: uh,
1: ironically enough.
0: Here's my thing. Like, I thought about that, and I also thought, like, well, how do we know that he got a taste of what it's like to be a head coach and managing other relationships and having the pressure from an ownership group and constant scrutiny? And how, how do we know that he left Philly wanting to get back into the game? Yeah, he might and, not have. Yeah, like, like, like we, like, we don't know who offered. We don't know, you know, what what interest he had. For all we know, he wants to go back to, uh, you know, uh, San Antonio maybe with Pop, or like Australia. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean you, you, you don't really know. And one thing I was thinking because like I, I, one of the one of the agents that I that I talked to um, kind of like gave me this sort of like this best kept secret on how to like find contacts around the NBA. Mm-hmm. I thought, and I saw it. I was like, "This is like a goddamn Fortnite treasure chest." Like, I'm like, like I got, I got Where my, I got my shields. I got my, I got my, my, you know, this that. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about it uh, privately because I want to broadcast that. I, I know it's, I know it's, a, I'm a cheap asshole for that, but, but I wanted to like sort of. I, I didn't
1: know if it was something that you were saying publicly or not. Nah, I mean, nah, it was something. I,
0: mean, I, mean, all, it was, I just wanted to contextualize it. Yeah, okay. But it was like, but it was like, I was like, I was like, I wonder if down the road Brett Brown would be willing to like tell the story and like sort of like where he is now kind of thing. Like if he's like found peace, if he's happy to be, you know, out of the NBA or if he's back in the NBA, is he happy to be in the NBA again?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, th- those were all things that I kind of like was intrigued by. And I thought about it as I was playing Fortnite <laughs> and, um and, you know, I was, I was like, damn that's something like two years from now, three years from now when I'm a little more established, something that I really want to look into. Uh, Cause I mm-hmm. I think that would be, be an interesting cool. story. And and I wouldn't even ask him like things like, you know, like, can you tell me what really happened here? But rather just like, how are you?
1: Mm -hmm. The person of of Brett Brown.
0: Um, That'd
1: be cool. And and with regards to Doc uh, and that hire, I think it was a calculated move, but it's also the right move. And I think uh, those two can coexist. So I think it was a calculated move because you have a rumor that breaks the week of where apparently Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't get along and this rumor wasn't even a quote taking out of context. It, it wasn't any speculation. It was literally just a fabricated story. It was making uh, uh, nothing out of something, or, or I should say making something out of nothing, rather. So this rumor breaks. And then there's a Keith Pompey article, uh, which talks about management, the dysfunction with management, and also the middle ground that the team is searching for because Joel Embiid publicly endorses and and gives his – uh, go ahead on Mike D'Antoni, whereas clutch has ties to Tyron, uh, and that could be problematic with Ben Simmons. So in the midst of all of these rumors surfacing, Philadelphia flies Doc Rivers in, he gets off the plane with no jacket on, which means he's comfortable heading to Philadelphia. Uh, he does the interview, and within a couple of days, I, I believe it was a day actually after the interview, and when when management and Doc sat down and watched the playoffs, uh, Philadelphia hires him. So it was calculated because I think it kind of puts an end to all of that speculation that Ben and Joe are really disagreeing right now about who the head coach has to be. And I think it's the right move too, because regardless of Doc's history as a coach, and we're going to get into that, Doc Rivers walks into this organization. He walks into the locker room with the respect of his peers. I don't care about any of the stories that surface from Boston, any of the chemistry problems in Los Angeles. Doc Rivers is a, a very well-respected voice. He's a, an advocate Social activism, a lot of players contacted Doc in the bubble. They went to Doc, they confronted Doc, and it's been this way for a while. He, he wouldn't have two head coaching gigs of five-plus seasons if he wasn't a well-respected guy. So Doc walks into the locker room. He has the respect of his players and the staff, whereas a guy like Mike D'Antoni or a guy like Billy Donovan or even Ty Lue may have to earn that respect. I think it's the right move on top of being calculated because Doc Rivers is, is a very well-respected guy, and, and he, he, of course, is a name for Philadelphia to go after to say, hey, look, we're changing our organization around. Uh, we're no longer playing, and maybe we have to win in this three-year window, five-year window. We're winning now, and, and we're bringing on the coach that we think is is better qualified than everybody else to put us in that position.
0: Sure, for sure. Um, and so, it's, you know, the, I think there's like a lot – I think there's – I I wouldn't say like any kind of question as to like whether he's the right guy. I think universally he's the right guy. I think if you, if people think that he's not, they're kind of overthinking it. Like Mm -hmm. he has a reputation. He's, he's a player's coach, which I mean, in today's NBA, whether you like it or not, it sort of means like a a black former player is kind of like synonymous with with, with what, with with what it means to be a player's coach today. I think, um, and that, that's not a bad thing. It's just like, like that's what it, that's what it means to me, I think. Um, and so I, I, but I think it's, a, it's the right move in the sense that he's going to command respect. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the right. And, and I think he's the gu- kind of guy who's going to hold people accountable. Yeah, And, uh, and that, so in that, from that aspect, I certainly think it's, it's, it's the right move. Maybe um, from an X and an O standpoint. N- a little too like no pick and roll at all with Brett Brown to like, now I'm just going to give you a whole package of pick and roll. It's all, it's the Mm -hmm. only player you're going to know is pick and roll. Um, So I think it's kind of going from one extreme to another, but one thing that I have noticed and kind of read up on is that people who, who, you know, watch the Celtics or cover the Celtics, people who cover the Clippers or watch the Clippers, his out of timeout success is was, was pretty was pretty impressive pretty high and he would also even like go with like zones on the defensive side of the ball to sort of mess up other teams out of timeout plays which i mean if you're you know so i mean, down the, I mean that mean that alone that little like change in tactic alone could win you games down the stretch of course. and then you know that can be like two to three wins more that, that are on your record and that can be the difference between having home court and not
2: mm-hmm. in,
0: in, you know in, in the eastern conference Um, so, I mean, I, I think he's going to help at the margins, which I think in the end is ultimately what you need out of a head coach. If you're not one of the markets, like a, like, like, like a Los Angeles. Um, and so I think that they got the win there and that's, that's really what matters a ton. Um, and you know, I, I I don't think, I, 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 think he's better than like a C plus B minus higher, which is what people have kind of remarked a B, I think he's probably an A minus higher considering all you had out there. I mean, you could have made the argument for, Hey, Tyler, like, sure. Um, and I mean like my, my, my high school basketball coach who I, you know, my boys with, um, we text all the time. and He knows I'm a writer, and he knows I cover the team, so he'll ask me questions. Well, he'll like he'll like he'll like send me shit in my articles that that, that I that I that I that written. He'll be like, "The fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. Like, the, you know, he'll give me like the fan side of it. So yep. he'll be like, i like, listen, just calm down. It's, not a big deal. it's just an article." Um, and then he and he was like, "Now, kind of talking about the about the head coaching position," and he was like, "If they hire Mike D'Antoni, I'm writing a letter as a fan to the franchise and being like, like you guys are a joke.'" I'm giving up? Yeah. Or if and he was he was like, "I better not be Ty Lue either." It better be it better be Doc Rivers, and I was like, I was like, we'll see. That's um, crazy.
1: That's crazy because that's not it, not even close to what I've seen on on Twitter and, and social media in the past week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and I mean, all re- I mean, in all respect to my coach, like he's my guy, I love him, mm-hmm. um, but it isn't like he played in the NBA or like yeah. he sat in film room with one with both with one or both of them and has that context to back it up. I mean, he's he's. You know he, he's wa- obviously watching the NBA all day, you know all the time, but I mean, it's universally by analysts, by people who are in the league, a good hire. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. I'm entitled to mine. He knows the game better than I do, no doubt. But I think I think Doc was the you know obviously the right hire, um, and you know I, I think I think some people do believe that that the ty Lue would have been a better hire for this team, um, and I think if you don't have Joel Embiid on the team. Then yeah, probably. probably was the higher then. Um I think I think Joel was very much, very much so on board with, with this decision. Yeah. And um that was ultimately from what I was told a a more significant factor than if Ben was on board with the decision.
1: Yeah. So I mean when you think about the roster construction of Philadelphia, right? And and looking back at last season and Uh, Honestly, in the past five years, you have these Tuesday night games against the Orlando Magic or in Cleveland where Philadelphia loses by 17 points just after beating the best team in basketball. And you really wonder why that is or why they're struggling on the road. And you could tie that into the accountability thing. So the difference may be you can take away maybe eight to ten losses last year or two years ago, whatever it may be, from Philadelphia where people aren't held accountable or there isn't an offense executed in times. And, and blame that on Brett Brown, whereas I think with Doc Rivers, there's definitely going to be games where there's hiccups. But for the most part, he's going to instill a, a, a certain style of play and, and have these expectations where the players on the team have to meet those expectations. This is a coach that doesn't have many regular seasons below 45 wins. And that's truly a testament to what type of coach he is. So regardless of what the outcomes are in the playoffs, he holds his players to a high standard in the regular season And they have to meet those demands for a team like Philadelphia. That's young and has a little bit of inexperience in the playoffs. I think that's going to be really beneficial. But when I look at the X's and O's Austin, here's what I'm looking at. I haven't done too much individual research and players in in doc river systems, but what I can say is in looking at his stints in Boston and both Los Angeles, the team is usually top 10 in terms of defensive rating and true shooting percentage. So, I mean, defensively, Of course, the Sixers have the makeup to be a really good defensive team. But offensively, I'm curious to see how Doc Rivers really instills a different offense. And I say that because I think that Ben Simmons is a really unique player that Doc Rivers could completely unlock in a similar way that I may have anticipated MDA might have been able to do. So if Mike D'Antoni comes in and implements a system that revolves around Ben Simmons, you argue, hey, maybe Ben Simmons is an MVP player. Here's what I'm looking at with Doc Rivers. That's encouraging for people that like Ben Simmons or maybe even the Sixers. Right in 2013, Blake Griffin was top 10 in touches, the most in the front court, uh, second most elbow touches, and fifth most post up, or fifth most post up. In 2014, Chris Paul is first in touches. Blake Griffin second in elbow touches, ninth in elbow touches, and from 13 to 17, DeAndre Jordan was top five in paint touches in all but one season. So. There were a lot of mouths to be fed, and Doc Rivers kept them all fed. But I think Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are kind of the combination that Ben Simmons has. So I don't I don't mean any disrespect to Blake Griffin or Chris Paul, but I think Ben Simmons has that type of facilitating instinct and, and that twitchiness and, and that point guard instinct that Chris Paul has. While he may not be able to run point for the whole game and, and Doc might not start him at the one, uh, I, I think Ben Simmons draws parallels to Chris Paul in terms of passing and running an offense. And you combine that with a player like Blake Griffin, who Doc Rivers relied heavily on uh, both in the post and the elbow and the half court doing a lot in the dunker spot, moving around. I think Ben Simmons can, can can be utilized in an MVP way in Doc Rivers offense, similar to how he could have maybe a Mike D'Antoni offense. So uh, I have to look at, at how I think Doc may use Do, uh, DeAndre Jordan uh, because DeAndre Jordan was, was always getting touches in the paint. So maybe – uh, that can correlate to Joel Embiid getting touches in the paint, posting up, who knows? But uh, I, I think looking at what he did with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin is encouraging and Rajon Rondo too. I mean, talk about point guards without jump shots. Rondo had some of his best years in Boston. Yeah, um, his, his best offensive ratings came in 2008, 2007 under doc. Uh, his defensive ratings were awesome. Net ratings were awesome. True shooting was awesome. So uh, he, he demands a lot out of his players and, and they buy into his system. So, I think Ben Simmons is going to have a huge year under Doc Rivers, and uh, I'm also curious to see what else they do with the rest of that roster. Also, I know you know there's Rumblings, maybe Buddy Heald uh, gets traded to Sacktown to town Philadelphia, uh, maybe even Chris Paul. You never know, but I don't think that the roster today is the roster we're going to see open today for Philadelphia next
0: season. So what I think is this. I think when he was in Boston – he had pieces that were very defense oriented and the culture there was defensive minded. And I mean, their defensive rating reflected that they, they were an elite defensive team during his time in Boston. I don't mean like elite, like top 10, I mean like top five, mm-hmm. consistently top five. Um, and they obviously won a championship. And then in LA, they get, you know, lob city, Chris Paul gets shooters. They, you know, they basically turned JJ Redick into not just a good shooter, but one of the best of all time. And you know, then they had Kawhi and and Paul George. So I mean, the defensive rating wasn't there, but offensively they were a juggernaut. uh, Mm -hmm. Whether it was his coaching or his systems or or what, Um, so I I I, I do believe that he has the mind to 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 put a system into place where defensively and offensively they're actually functioning. In some kind of structure, it's like a it's like a well run machine, um, that that sort of thing. That doesn't mean necessarily that he's not going to have great assistance behind him, or that he didn't have that previously. But I think that there's actual tangible evidence that he can that, that he can be he can be an X's and O's, you know, coach.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and I also think that he's a tremendous culture builder. If you if you re- recall, he was the coach der- back when uh, in the Donald Sterling thing happened. And, um, you know, he was the one rallying the Clippers together when they felt, so, you know, ultra slighted because the owner of the team was a racist and was outed as such during the playoffs. Um, you know, so I mean, the fact that the doc could hold them together in spite of that is pretty impressive. Um, now, I, you said, you know, like trade scenarios and, and the kind of things that, you know, um, that, like, you know, could, 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 you know, the roster construction next year could be different. So remember, like, when, when, when this past week, um, we, we talked about, like, or not, not we talked about, but you know, that guy, Rashad Phillips, has, yeah. he dro- drops that rumor saying, um, you know, uh, uh, like, talk soon, Yoda, whatever the hell he goes by. Um, but <laughs> Doc, Doc is going to try to trade LaMelo Ball. Or, uh, or like yeah. number one, number one pick slash LaMelo Ball for Ben Simmons. Um, and we were all like clowning him about that. And it does sound ridiculous. Like it it is because Ben's a 23 year old established star. Uh, despite what the boomers want to tell you, he is a star. Um, and you know, LaMelo Ball is this unproven top pick in a week week class. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, like, I put out this tweet that I was sort of like, not a shot because I try not to like diss people who are, I guess, you know, are, are bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was sort of like a talk soon. Like I was like, talk soon. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And then, uh, cause this is the same guy after all, who was like Luka Doncic would average 10 and five in college if he played. And mm-hmm. he was like, he was like a basic player, which is obviously very far from the truth now. Um, but, uh, 20 minutes later I got a text from one of one of the agents that I that I've been talked to and usually when he texts me it isn't like out of the blue like hey how you doing it's like yo I'm hearing this I'm hearing that and then I'll go and like talk to Brian about it or I'll go and like I'll, I'll continue the conversation try to make sense of what he's telling me and figure out if it's like reportable or not um, but he was like yo Rashad might be right this time <laughs> and I was like was like oh, wait, wait, wait wait a minute wait 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 a minute what are you what are you saying here Apparently apparently part of the interview process with 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 Doc Rivers was asking what he would change about the team and apparently his answer included trading Ben Simmons and apparently those in the meeting liked that response so i don't know a lot of apparently is for me to believe I, I, listen it's just an agent who's given me good information in the past. I, I, I don't know uh, if it's going to happen or not. But it it seems like, reading the tea leaves, Ben hasn't yet publicly commented on Doc Rivers. Joel is obviously very on board with the hiring. Um, Brand, you know, uh, we, We've heard sort of the whispers that Ben is he, – he, he wasn't mad about it. He's just indifferent to it. It wouldn't shock me if they're like favoring Joel over Ben long term. And if and if they have to trade one, he's the one to go. Now, would clutch sports allow him to get traded to Minnesota, or in other words, like would they put out some shit, like that would be like reduce his trade value, or like you know, the, it, who knows? But I, I think we're looking at a situation where. I'm not sure that they're going to trade him this off season for a guy that hasn't done anything and in Lamelo in La, in La Ball, but it it wouldn't shock me if, as next season goes on, if it's clearly still an issue, nothing's working, he's not shooting, and the team is just isn't good enough, and it's obvious. It wouldn't shock me if the trade rumors start to get really, really, really loud, and it wouldn't shock me if he's the one to go because I think his trade value is actually real, and I think Joel's as as good of a player as he is in terms of like trade value relative to what the player is worth i i, I don't know that you're ever going to get equal value for joel like like i'm sure of some, obviously someone would give up pieces or picks or whatever for for joel but it doesn't mean that those are going to be a good enough return for what joel does for you so i think if you're going to get equal value it's going to come from trading ben simmons
1: The unfortunate thing is that a lot of players under the age of 25 are expendable in professional sports now. And with how empowered players are, uh, MLB, NFL, NBA, if they want to be traded, if they're not happy with the situation they're in, uh, they can most likely get out of that situation. Now, I don't think it's too common teams trade away their star players if there's no turmoil and and if it doesn't look like they're going to hit a dead end. Uh, So as far as Philadelphia is concerned, you bring in Doc for a multi-year extension Uh, You try to build for the next couple of seasons around Ben and Joe. And I think that's the plan. I I think as much as they say they're going to entertain trades, I don't really think they are. And I think to ask a coach in in his first interview what you would maybe do to alter the roster or change things around what you would do, I I think the coach is just going to say whatever's on his mind to get that job. Uh, But the Sixers have enough problems in in their front office and deciding who's making decisions and who's the head of basketball operations to worry about what the hell a, a guy doing an interview with them should do with their roster. So uh, as of right now, I think Ben and Joe are safe. I hope that's what the team intends to do, um, especially not for LaMelo Ball. But like I said my preface there, a lot of young players get traded. Just just thinking there's a ton of guys in the NBA, Anthony Davis, there's Jamal Adams in the NFL. There's a lot of good stars that get traded before they turn 25, 26 years old.
0: Well, wasn't it a little different though? Like, Jamal Adams was very clearly unhappy.
1: Yeah, yeah, but but that's what I'm like in the NBA. There's a whole wave of players that I can think of off the top of my head that were traded before they were 25 years old. Um, may, maybe not even traded because there's turmoil. But like I said, they either just forced themselves out. The situation wasn't good. The team knew that the situation wasn't going to be good. It was it was going to go stale. Uh, Chris Taps, Porzingis AD uh, Shake. There's a lot of guys in the NBA. Did you say Shake? No, 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 <laughs> not Shake Milton. No, SGA.
0: <laughs> there we go okay. i was like i was like listen shakes a nice player but this point, i, know, I, don't, I know don't
1: know what what his value will be right now maybe they get a little mellow ball for him
0: <laughs> exactly um so now we go on to the to, to, to the nba finals and um the lakers are up 2-0. and i think the lakers have shown that Healthier, and if, if Miami's healthy or not, doesn't really matter. They're the better team in the series. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, that's what it, that's what they've shown in the series. Um, and uh, as always, I invite you know, uh, Sixers fans, viewers, Miami Heat fans, whatever you want people who are, are, are watching this, listening to this, whatever. I invite them to, to, to join the show, add comments, questions, whatever. Again, the Feature to Beauty is always brought to you by Painted Line, sponsored by the King Cobra Co. Uh the the best the, the best shotgunning tool you can find for your beers, Sunday beers for the NFL especially. Um but I think one thing that the Lakers are doing like supremely well. Well two things is number one, LeBron is completely bought into just doing whatever he has to do to win this series. I mean, he has absolutely um, just been like he's happy. He's been happy just to, to, to defer to AD. I mean, AD is posting up from like 18 feet out, and he yeah. just facing up, jabbing jumpers. And LeBron's like, "Listen, I'm here if you need me. um I'll take it hard to the I'll take it hard to the cup whenever whenever you want me to. But go to work. And he's been fine with it because it's it's getting them results, and it's a clear clear mismatch for the Heat whether whether Bam's there or not. <coughs> And so I, I think that they've done a good job with that. And I also think that they've done a remarkable job of exploiting Miami's zone and really yeah. getting that dribble penetration working. And then they're kicking the shooters. And even though Danny Green can't hit the broad side of the barn, yep. um, it, he you know, the, the, they're, somehow the Lakers are making shots. And it's, it's just crippling the heat. I mean, they have looked completely mismatched and out of it in the series through two games.
1: Yeah, that's the right word to use there, mismatch. Now, unfortunately, there have been a ton of injuries to Miami and and kudos to the Heat because they've gotten this far and they've had an awesome season. But with the Lakers, it really is just a mismatch. Uh, Austin, I think you hit the nail on the head there. You got a guy like LeBron James, who's arguably the most dangerous player in the world, deferring to Anthony Davis, who's second to none in in terms of his domination. I mean, uh, the dude can post you up from 18 feet out. If he's not posting you up, he can can shoot spot-up shots. Uh, he, he can work from beyond the arc. He, he can dissect defenses within the paint. Uh, there's really no wall that can stop him, and he's amazing at drawing contact. Uh, you talk about players that elevate their game in the playoffs, and Anthony Davis has taken more and made more two-pointers and mid-range field goal attempts in, in this playoff stretch than he did in the regular season. So uh, the mid-range is not completely dead. I think that's the second or third week where we've talked about that, the, the mid-range helping players out in the playoffs, and AD has been one of those guys to elevate his game. So with the Lakers, you get a ton of middle drives right now to try to break that zone and bust that zone. Uh, the middle drive is great because uh, they're able to take advantage of moving parts on Miami's defense. Uh, they they have flashers, so uh, they're they're taking advantage of that gravity. If if they're driving middle, somebody steps up to dunk, guard that. They they got a guy in the dunker spot perfectly positioned, so uh, they're doing a good job offensively there. And and it's really just the mismatches. They're capitalizing capitalizing on them offensively, defensively too, and. On the boards, more specifically, um, when Miami plays zone, they they like to station their bigger guys at the front of the zone or at the top, I should say. So when you get a guy like Kendrick Nunn down low on a 2-3, uh, Anthony Davis is going to win that box out 11 out of 10 times. So uh, the Lakers have really just capitalized on the mismatches. They're up 2 nothing, and if it's not a 4 nothing sleep, Miami's going to lose the series regardless of, of the number of games they play.
0: You hate to say it. I know. <laughs> you, you I know. Hate to I, see I know.
1: You love to see it. <laughs> you love what you're seeing, man. You, you,
0: you hate to been see a
1: it. Long year, but I guess. Uh, you if, hate to if Miami it. loses you, in the finals. You have. You you will have prevailed, Austin. You came out. You
0: you you just you just hate to see
1: it. Um, <laughs> just, the second is just as good at last as as last.
0: Hate to see it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, my, I
2: I, I, I will I will
0: say this: if Miami were to win this series, it would debunk everything that you thought you knew about the NBA as, as it is currently, because um, which basically
1: has happened this year. I mean, you, you get you get no Lakers, Celtics, you get no Clippers against the Lakers.
0: Um, well, but there, but those those other teams have like two to three guys who you would like hold in star status, though yeah whereas like the heat they develop bam tyler hero bursts onto the scene they empower him they take duck duncan robinson off the undrafted scrap heap and they turn him into a top five three-point shooter in the league Mm -hmm. jimmy butler comes in obviously they have one star um and they sort of debunked everything you thought you knew about the nba um now I, I I think they're just like one or two depth pieces, maybe a little shy of being able to take down a team that has two like top five, top six players in in, in the Lakers. But I think that the Heat were unquestionably the, the the best team in the East this season. Certainly, the most constructive, the best constructed to to win. And get to this point where they are. I don't think, I, in other words, I don't think that this is like a fluke. To, 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 is, is what I'm is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, I don't know if you noticed this. I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but it's a pretty big problem that your five, your your, your the guy that you signed to a four year deal for 140 million, your star has a has a has a matchup with like. Alex Caruso down, down the stretch of that game too. And he's electing to like kick out the Jay Crowder instead of like botting him down to the paint and, and and doing what Jimmy Butler does getting fouled or getting to the rim. He just says, no, I don't want this. And just defers to, 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 to Jay Crowder. Like, like they were still, they were still in the game. They were still in the game at the point, at that point in time. And you're expecting him to like your, your star player to take over as star players should do. And instead he's like, not Jay, you take it. And he's like, it's like a little shuffle pass out the crowder. So I thought that was problematic. Um, And it's sort of been, it's sort of, it's sort of been what his tenure in Miami has looked like. He's kind of become a more willing passer. Um, Even if there are times when it's like, okay, now go be a star, go score the ball. You have a mismatch. You have a guy who very clearly can't guard you. Go do it.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And, I think Miami was the perfect situation for Jimmy Butler. Um, you've have, got a team. You
0: have this conversation like literally yeah, the yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, we've got a team of of young, impressionable guys with chips on their shoulders, and they're all good ball players. So they've had a fantastic season, and and there's no taking that away from them. But ultimately, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are are proving more dominant physically, uh, offensively, and defensively. But Austin, let me ask you this now, right? Is this an NBA Finals win or is this an NBA Bubble Finals win for the winner of the championship? I
0: think it's the hardest one championship we've ever had.
1: The hardest one. So so we talked about it a week or two ago. It's like you can't really compare it to any other championship because you've got the adversity of maybe Kobe Bryant's death. You have the adversity of COVID-19 impacting the the start and stop, the the one location. So you think it's the hardest championship?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, there's no travel. Yeah. So there's, really, away. There, there, there's really no there's really no home court. Uh-huh. Um, there's nowhere to go. You're in a bubble. So it's like all you have to do really is rest and, and prepare for the next game via film or taking care of your body or getting getting shots up when you when, when, when you're not playing. These teams are all coming into these series, and unless like, unless one team like won a series 4-0 and, and then their opponent went to seven games, it, it, it isn't like everyone's not on the same level of rest or having to travel or have a home court behind them. It's a, it's a pretty level playing field, and I think that the results have reflected that. Like, I think if the Clippers got to got, you know had home court, they probably beat the beat the Nuggets if. If if the Sixers have you know have a chance to just play a game or two against a Celtics team, maybe that series turns out a little different. Um, probably not too different, but like maybe it's like a, it's a it's a not as much as, as like a, like a walkthrough as it was for the Celtics. Um,
1: Th- so. Thankfully, they they expedited the process though, so I'm I'm glad the Celtics were able to get prep Brown fired. you using the process incorrectly there, but uh, Boston expedited that so. Thank you. Thank you Jason Tatum and company. You got Brett brown fire.
0: Also, we're talk about how like, Brad Stevens just like wasn't very good in those conference finals. Like, he didn't she decided not to show up. Yeah. <laughs> he decided not to show up. Everyone says that that's like that's like the, that's like the genius coach behind it all and here we are. He
1: yeah, I mean, he, he he did adjust well. Miami zone was something that really threw Boston off for the first two or three games and when, when you get behind like that, um, it's tough to claw back and fight for an entire series, and even uh, Denver can can come out with a moral victory from the bubble because they clawed back from two through to ones and, and had a really historic playoff run with with their young core. Uh, so uh, I mean, this offseason, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. There's gonna be a lot of turnaround because you've got uh, a looming Giannis and Acuna decision in the Eastern Conference uh, right now as as a member of Milwaukee. I believe he has one more season until he's unrestricted, so Milwaukee could either potentially extend that contract. They could trade him if he doesn't want to stay there. Uh, he can end up in Golden State with Stephen Clay. You never know what Giannis is going to do. You're thinking like
0: 18 moves ahead. I love it. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you got Victor Oladipo, who who probably doesn't want to return and will not return to Indiana.
0: Uh, I don't know. That's not what he said. There. What,
1: what is there? Is there a new emergence in that story?
0: He he said like he said like like I don't know where these rumors are coming from. Like I'm a, I'm a Pacer, whatever but
1: you see, I'm, could, see I'm, I'm 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 contributing to exactly what I hate the the mass hysteria and and let me let me also add this because I didn't say earlier in the show uh, this is in regards to doc rivers i think comparing the clippers or maybe the boston celtics to the philadelphia 76ers is a false equivalency um you look at the clippers right and you wonder how they blow through one lead and, and why Doc Rivers, if he's such a well-respected guy, wasn't able to keep the locker room cool. And I think, like, you've got Kawhi Leonard, who's a grown-ass man that just won a championship in Toronto, right? You've got Paul George, also a grown-ass man with playoff experience, and he's been doing this for a little while. You've got Lou Williams, who's certified. He's, he's as, as real as it comes, one of the best hoopers in the league for two-plus decades. Uh, you've got Pat Beverly. You've got Montrez Harris. So you've got all these different personalities and, and all these grown men on one team, right? I don't think any of them compare in terms of personality to a 25-year-old Joel Embiid or a 23-year-old Ben Simmons. I, I really don't see how any of those personalities match up. And And also, who's to say that Ben and Joe, who maybe didn't respond well under Brett, wouldn't have responded better under a guy like Doc Rivers? And then I think about the Boston teams – and you've got a Rajon Rondo, you've got a Ray Allen, you've got a Kevin Garnett, you've got a Paul Pierce, Kendrick Perkins, all of these really eccentric personalities and, and these guys were in the league already established veterans and stars and of course you're going to butt heads with your head coach. Of course that stuff's going to happen. Rajon Rondo and Doc Rivers said they wanted to beat the sh- they they wanted to punch each other in the face. Chris Paul ha- has made two or three public statements about Doc Rivers preferable treatment, maybe favoring Austin Rivers over him in the playing rotation. But at the end of the day, I think there's more good with bad than there is with Doc Rivers. I think all of these clashes are bound to happen when you've got so many personalities on one different team. These have all been star teams that Doc has coached. And also, I said this because of the mass hysteria thing that we just talked about, as an aspiring personality in sports, I guess I'll say, Uh, One of the things that really bothers me is people that aren't in locker rooms or people that don't know players personally or people that don't know the situation speaking on it and and manipulating narratives and perpetuating rumors, all of this stuff. It's just smoke screening. It's just putting stuff out there. I I don't appreciate that. So as much as you want to, you want to read into the stories about doc having bad chemistry or locker room problems or this or that uh, you, you also have to be a skeptic. So you got to make sure that, that you're not believing and, and hearing everything you see. Uh, so ultimately, I think it's a great hire for Philadelphia. I think he fell right into the Sixers' lap. And Austin, I think you and I are uh, pretty much on the same page there.
0: Yeah. There's also a story that I heard on on the race to Ricky Sanchez today about Doc, where he like allegedly kind of like mailed it in after a certain number of years that like he was canceling practices to go play golf, which kind of falls into that. Like Sounds like the president. Stare. <laughs> <laughs> yes it does. <laughs> um so I mean I I'm sure it, there's well there's always two sides to it to a story. Uh and I'm sure that goes more than like just like doc didn't do a good enough job of this or he you know was bad at this. It goes both ways. There's a lot of egos to manage and there's not always there there's not always like Equal polling of weight, mm-hmm. um, and so I think ultimately time will tell. But I will tell you this: I, I think we're going to hear a massive, massive uptick in trade rumors r- around Joel and Ben.
1: Yeah, probably. If
0: if they start, if they if they like end up with like a fifty-two and thirty record, or like you know they, they don't get out of the second round, I think we're going to start hearing those rumors real, real hard. Because I think at that point it'll be through. You'll 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 have cycled through two two coaches. Well, one will still be there, but cycled through two essentially because you've had two different guys coach team. Two no, th- yeah, two GMs, and like six different iterations of the roster, <laughs> and it's <laughs> just ridiculous to think about. Um, but eventually, it's going to be like okay, the elephant in the room is clearly these two don't fit, and I think you know, like 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 I've always been an advocate of. Ben Simmons does not need to shoot the basketball from the outside. And in fact, I've always advocated it's a waste of a possession because what are the odds that like, like, like good shooters, good, good outside shooters miss 60% of the shots that they take. Uh So what is a guy like Ben Simmons, who has a corkscrew, might even, (laughs) might even be shooting with the wrong hand, Uh uh, which I actually believe that theory. Um, Like what are the odds that, that on a consistent basis, if he puts up like two or three jump shots every game, that one is going to go in. I don't know that I buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like so like, like, so like, I, I, I just think that if this team had been, and they had allocated money to like Boyan Bogdanovich or shooters, like if they had brought back Reddick as much as people don't like Reddick for whatever reason. Um, yeah people uh, really didn't like redick this week. I, I I loved JJ. I thought well so, so so I'll I'll say it this way, back before I realized that I wanted to be in media and that I had to be objective and I and that and I was still like a fan of the team in a sense. I was like this guy is a huge huge reason as to why they're like 36 and 30 and I'm, on the on about to go on like the, a 17 game win streak the, the year after they went 28-54. Like mm-hmm. JJ did so much for them as, as much as much of the shortcomings he, he had on the defensive side of the court. He was, he was everything to them in you know, a lot of ways. And you, you could, you could make an argument that the impact that, that, that he had on the team was like all-star level. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, so I think ultimately with like the decisions they made with Horford and, and Harris, I think that's going to ultimately end up expediting the timeline where you have to like live with Joel and Ben together, because things just don't fit. And if you can't get off of those, off of the Horford or the Harris contract, you can't free up money. You're going to have to trade someone who has trade value, and that someone, to me, is first and foremost by far Ben Simmons. And if you can get, and if you can get like a guy like a Bradley Beal or a Devin Booker, those are all guys who you like. You're like, all right, do a deal. Let's get it done.
1: Speak for yourself, man. I I can't say the same. Not not right now, at least. But no, no, no. But, I know.
0: I you know I'm not advocating trading. I yeah, I, I think definitely. I think they're they're both they're both top. I think Ben's a top fifteen player, top mm-hmm. twenty, top 15 player. I think Joel, when he's trying, is a top five, top ten player.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but to me, right now, when, when when I think of trade value for either one, uh, the way you feel about Embiid is is probably how I feel about both of Ben and Joe. Um, I think in terms of return, probably you're right. You, you, you can squeeze a little more out of Ben Simmons because you can convince a team to kind of build around him. I think it's um, a lot more, more than you might be able to with Joe. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, uh, when I scan the league, it's, it's probably less players on, on my hands that I can count, uh, that I would want to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid for. Uh, so, uh, of course, if you hit that standstill where it's kind of like we're not going to get any better, we're not going to win, there's no more roster reconstruction we can do, uh, then then I think you start to maybe uh, devalue Ben and Joe and, and then you take the best available package. But in the immediate future, I don't even want to think about splitting the two of them up. I, I would waste their entire primes trying to reconstruct the roster, around them to fit, uh, then then sacrifice that, trade them away and, and have them go in. Um, for a club that maybe prioritizes winning with them more than than they do in Philadelphia. Yeah. And and speaking of which, it sounds like uh, Philadelphia is still looking for a guy to kind of serve under Elton brand and and kind of help with that decision-making. But Austin, who knows what's going on behind the scenes because you've told me before, uh, not even off the record, just speculation that maybe Elton brand is, is like a puppet uh, or maybe a messenger making decisions for the higher ups and, and then, being scapegoated for them, and now this Keith Pompey article surfaces um, where the, the organization is apparently keeping everybody in their front office except they're not going to have a say in anything. They're just going to be uh, there for information, which I don't know what the hell that means, but uh, that's that's what Keith Pompey indicated in his, his most recent article.
0: Yeah, and then Trapnap says Simmons for Lamello. That was – Nineteen minutes ago, twenty minutes ago, um, then he says, "Who would you rather trade, Joel or Ben?" I think. So I think this this city's always going to have a bigger and emotional tie to 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 Joel because mm-hmm. he was like the first star of the process, cool. um, and like he was always the one that you needed to win games, and he always like bought into it. Was the fun guy. Um, so I think that they'll always be attached to him. And I suppose when I back, you know, when I wasn't, when I wasn't trying to be objective, um, I would have, I would have said, you know, I would trade Ben, I guess. But I think if we're going to be really honest with ourselves in terms of like looking at the landscape of the NBA, looking at like the pieces on the team, I think you have to trade Joel. If you have to, it, it, I, I think I'd rather trade Joel than Ben, even though I think both should be untradeable. Um, because I I, I I think the league is going away from guys that can defend pick and rolls, or no, not, no, not like bigs that can, that can defend pick and rolls. Um, and, you know, like this, the drop defense that you want Joel to use to anchor the rim doesn't work. And smaller guys can go around him. Um, and his defense, we, we've seen, has, has 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 suffered in recent years because of the movement outside of the perimeter with really no bigs. Um, and 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 this kind of goes back to my doc. Another thing I want to say about Doc Rivers is like people are like, oh well, maybe now they now he can get Ben to shoot jumpers, which is possible. Maybe and then maybe you know he can get you well to stay in shape. I hate that narrative more than anything. I, I despise that narrative because yep. if you just look at his body construction, the way he's built. He's never going to look like he's in shape. He's a naturally big dude. He, he, mm-hmm. he he's, he's not a Rudy Gobert. He's not an Anthony Davis. He's not a string bean. He's going to be a big load of a guy. It's, it's his, that's his advantage. But, but, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's, he, he, he's never going to look in shape. But let's not, let's stop conflating it with this guy doesn't eat right, he does not yeah. take it seriously. I just don't think it's his natural build. Some guys are just naturally going to be big guys, and I think that's Joel Embiid. And I think, like whether 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 he, you know, people are like, people are just dying for him to have his hands on his knees for 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 like you know like mm-hmm. for like a one play to show like oh hey look like, he can't breathe he's not in shape. Um, Brock. Real, t- real. We're gonna let your dad in. We're gonna let Mike. Oh, um. <laughs> Mike, we're gonna let <laughs> Mr. President Landis. In. We're gonna let Mr. Landis in here. Um, <laughs> 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 Mr. Landis, how you doing today, sir? Good. How are you? I'm doing
2: good.
0: No, no, not not doing not doing great. Now that you're here. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're we're talking talking right now, Brock. I want you to go next because because he asked the question. Who would you t- rather trade, Joel or Ben?
1: So I don't really think there's a right way to answer this question because I think it, it makes one of them a villain, uh, and and I don't want to do that. I mean, you know what my stance is here. I don't want to trade either of them, but because I have to answer, uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to trade Joe, and the reason why is because I think these multi-positional lockdown defenders and, and also offensive threats on on both the glass and transition uh, are invaluable players. That's that's the direction the league is heading in. So. I think you'd be able to build around Ben more comfortably than you would with Joe. I associate the center position with the running back position in football almost where okay. you exactly. get a ton of production out of that position, but it's also one of the most replaceable positions in the sport. Uh, there, there's constantly a new running back being drafted to replace the current one. The same way there is constantly with big men, uh, big men have shelf lives. They've get, they get hurt. Uh, they get replaced. Uh, a guy like Ben Simmons is, is more unique and more rare. In my opinion, so I'm I'm going to trade Joe if I have to trade one.
0: And Mr. Landis, how about you? Who would you rather to answer this gentleman's question, Trap Nap on on YouTube? Who would you rather trade, Joel or Ben?
2: Well, first of all, you don't trade either of them right now because it, it's not really rocket science right here. It's simple. You add two shooters to this team, and they win. It 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 it's as easy as that. There's no doubt about that. Ben Simmons does not have to shoot the ball. Yes. There we it. go. <laughs> he does not have what he does have to do, what he does have to do is shoot foul shots. That I agree. Okay. Because if 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 Ben Simmons is willing to to shoot foul shots, he's going to average twenty-four a game, right? Because he's going to go to he gets to basket whenever he wants, right? Yeah. All right. So now if he initiates contact. He, he's scoring 16 a game. He's going to score six or seven more points in the final. So now he's scoring 24. He's getting 10 boards and 10 assists, basically. What else do you need out of your point guard? Why does that guy have to shoot three pointers? It, it's the dumb. It's one of the dumbest things I ever heard, actually, <laughs> in in the game. If you don't want to put shooters around them, okay, I can understand. It. So what did they do? They gave up JJ. Right. Well, okay. He hurts you down the stretch defensively, but so does Kimball Walker. Right. Boston got killed with him on the court at the end of games. Mm-hmm. Right. They they gave up Ballinelli. They gave up uh, Shamit. Right. Those are three point shooters. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that they weren't good enough. They, those Simmons and Embiid all of a sudden can't play together, except. If we had Jimmy Butler here, they could play it again. It, 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 it's, it's, a, it's an odd scenario there that people say they can't play together. again. So you give up shooters and you bring in Al, Al Horf. Uh, why? And you know you need shooters. <laughs> if Brett Brown wants to have a team with shooters and they bring in Al Horf, I, I, you know, those moves make no sense to me. So go out, get yourself two guys who can shoot the basketball. I don't care if you get them at the Y. Or in the draft, or <laughs> in the game. you know, because because in all reality, all you need is set shooters. Because look at the NBA now: guy stands in one corner, guy stands in the other. What did you say, Jimmy Butler drives all the way down? Right. It's it's it's. I coach basketball. It's mind-boggling to me that they're giving up layups for threes. I get it because you need to let me make less threes to win the game. I get it because. That's what I do at my high school team. <laughs> I said, you shoot threes. That, that, that's fine. So, But what did Butler do? He drives down the lane, and he tosses it out to a guy standing in the corner to shoot a three. That's the game now. So go get two set shooters. It, 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 listen, it, it, go back to Iverson. Who was the only coach who coached him right? Larry Brown. How come? Right. Give me Allen Iverson and four guys who play defense.
0: See? And what happened? Got to the championship. Imagine that roster construction actually matters. Who would have thought absolutely that? <laughs> absolutely matters, and coaching. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 that's for sure. So, Mr. Landis, so so we're we're talking about you know the the Doc Rivers uh, hiring, which I, I think people are, are very, um, you know, they, they, everyone wants to have an opinion on it, and and I think when you when you really think about it at a deep level, maybe he's not the best coach in the NBA, but the best coaches in the NBA are. They're the best coaches because they're still employed and they're not available. Yeah, and helps. I think, and I, and I think when you're when you look at the market, like Mike D'Antoni has had countless talent on on his team, never never got to the finals. Um, Ty Lue, I, I I think is a better coach and given credit for, but you know, Doc Rivers is obviously the the best was obviously the best candidate on the market. And for that reason, it was the right hiring. What, what what do you think about the hiring of Doc Rivers?
2: I was it was uh, for what's out there. It's absolutely the right hiring. I mean, you, you know, you, I, I'm not a fan of Ty Lue. I, I I'm not exactly. I, I, I know he's well regarded. I don't know what he brings at table. Honestly, I I watched those teams play. I don't. You know, look, look, it's hard to gauge anybody who's coach. You know, when LeBron because LeBron's a coach on the court, right? You know, so it, it's hard to to. Tell really what kind of coach he would be, D'Antoni. I don't know the guy. I, I wouldn't have minded because I'm sure he would have came with a plan to to you know to make them better. Uh, Doc, I actually went back and I, I read some stuff and I looked at some of what Doc does. You know, he runs the pick and roll, but he doesn't run it. He runs a lot of off the ball movement. His his teams move. They're yeah. looking for backdoors. And he, he does want to get the ball in the post. Well, they have who could be the best post player. Two of the two, of, who, two who could be the best post players in the league on the same team if, if they wanted to do it. So, you know, I, I would like to give him an opportunity to see what he brings to the table. Do I think he's a good coach? Yeah. You know, but let's see who he brings in with him because – from what from what I read or what I've seen Alvin Gentry was the the offensive genius behind him that, that's who that's who came up with his stuff and Gentry who did, who was his who was he the assistant for in the 2000s MDA so it' it's, it's oh, a circle okay. they're all the same you know and, and and what I saw Doc say is he's finally come to the realization you need to play zone in the NBA yeah, he's probably right
0: yeah. No, you know, and I mean, look at the Miami Heat. I mean, everyone's like, "Was like, look at this team. Like, like they're debunking uh, modern basketball. Maybe they're not debunking it. Maybe they're they're using it to their advantage that no one else uses the zone anymore.
2: Actually, by going what, in the zone. Actually, what is a disgrace about that is NBA players can't figure out how to beat that
0: zone. No, they have no idea. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. Awesome I love that. it. They, sure. they, they're very tentative. They they don't know how to. They're like, do I, do I shoot this? Do I do I attack the rim? And I'm like. Just flash someone high post and hit and, and hit somebody high post and, and then just move. Like that's all you gotta do.
2: You're taught from when you're eight years old how to beat his zone. It, it, it's simple. You, you, you got odd sets and even sets. So actually, the Lakers are doing it. They're throwing they're throwing uh, AD to the to elbow extended or sometimes in the middle is putting LeBron down in the post. I mean that's the way you beat his zone. You stick shooters out there. It's 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 fairly simple. That's why I don't know why enough teams. Didn't didn't zone up the the Rockets enough because Rockets had no inside game, so teams should have just played a one three one or a three two against the Rockets. Yeah. But this Miami zone, I, I don't get what is so confusing about. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't understand the Celtics that being that confusing either. I
0: mean, it's you move the
2: ball, you beat it. Go exactly inside, right. Inside middle to the outside. It's not that. Silly, not that
0: Brock, so I I know, I'm sure you talk to your dad quite often about about the game, but did you have any questions for your dad?
1: (laughs) No, no, no. No. All
0: right. Well, Mr. Landis, we really appreciate you coming on. We actually, we got to go, but thanks for taking time out of your day to come talk with us for a little bit.
2: All right, go ahead. See you. Take care.
0: So that's Brock Landis, dad, Mr. Landis, Mike Landis. W- w- what a mind for the game! I mean, he he had <laughs> me, he he had me sold uh, as soon as he says Benson doesn't have to shoot three pointers. He I was like, that's it. I mm-hmm. that that's our guy. That's gonna be our post game analyst coming forward for years to come. When this podcast is still running in 2037, he's going to be the post. He's, yeah. going, to be the, he's going to be the Jimmy Lynam for us.
2: <laughs> Good. Good.
0: Uh, last thing before we go, Alex Smith wants to know, Andrew Wiggins picked number two for Simmons to Golden State. Forget <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at the question. I'm laughing at the fact that Brock was so triggered by it that he was like, all right, I'm out. Uh I would personally I would not do that trade and I think if I think if anyone were to do that trade they would they would be, they'd be fired Brock I can you try to verbalize how you feel about that instead of just walking away
1: Andrew Wiggins <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Edwards for uh, Ben Simmons is that is that is that the return on investment you want there
0: That's or, not the one I
1: want that's not or, the one.
0: or Andrew Wiggins. I mean, you talking about – talk An, Hold on, hold on. Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, <laughs> for, for Ben Simmons. We're going to have all power forward and centers now. <laughs> Just Al you Horford, have, James Wiseman, Joel Embiid, and we have Tobias Harris.
1: <laughs> laughable payroll in the NBA because you've got Andrew Wiggins making $29 million a year. Then you'd have Tobias Harris making 34, and then you'd have Al Horford making 20 plus million dollars a year, all on the same team. So, uh, Alex Smith, we appreciate you. Uh, I'm just, I'm not trading Ben Simmons. I'm not doing it for the number one, two, or three pick.
0: Yeah, no, and Alex, we appreciate you for throwing it out there. Um, we're not, we're not laughing at you. We're laughing at the, <laughs> just we're like Andrew Wiggins. Really, is that like? Like,
1: it's it's the people that have come before you, Alex Smith, that that ruined it for you. It's it's the stupid trades that have come before that one yeah. uh, that ruined it for you because we've had to deal with it for uh, too too long now,
0: Brock. So when you turn twenty one,
1: yeah, December, December. December okay,
0: yeah. so you got about like what two months until um, until you actually can can shotgun a beer. Funny well, story, actually, the
1: of alcohol comes in two <laughs> months.
0: Yeah, uh funny story about this actually. So I'm I'm like I'm like looking at my phone at like one in the morning, and like cut, like one night last week, and I see I have it. I see the feed to beat has a new DM, and so oh, I'm no. like so I'm like it's probably some like Heat fan casting hate, or it's like Dan Morgan who is like, you know, like trying to like talk, to oh, talk to me, me. Yeah, 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 something like that. And it's a it's a random listener, and he, and he and he has like an he has like one of those like egg emojis for like oh like not, not the emoji but like one of those egg icons for his avatar. So I'm like I'm like this is interesting. I'll answer this. And he goes he goes he goes Yo, I bought one of the cobras, but the, but the code didn't work, and so I ended up having to pay full price. <laughs> 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 and so and so. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm trying, I try not to laugh, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, sorry about that. Um, I can Venmo you the remainder because it, like, it's it's it isn't like a it's a, a, not super expensive. So I'm with my buddy yesterday, who is the, the the founder, CEO, and and president of the King Cobra, and so I was telling him the story. i was like, Jack, you know, this would ha- this happened. He's like, he's like, no way, and he shows me the, the 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 app where he he handles the the cobras, and the the code is still active. Trust the Cobra Ten. In all caps and all one word is still very active. So then I realized, oh, this guy probably entered the code in wrong, or my dumbass fell for it. <laughs> yeah, you
1: might have gotten trolled.
0: <laughs> I got yeah, exactly right. Um, but oh, just a funny story. Anyway, well, Brock, when you turn twenty-one, we're gonna have to shotgun a beer. Okay. And if you like shotgunning beer, you're you're probably gonna want to increase your shotgun party parties. If you do. Check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfectly symmetrical shotgunning to- tool under a second. It's also a tab puller, a vent puncher, and it all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram, at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra is stubbed with a K. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the code Cobra 10 All caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. Brock, any parting shots for you today?
1: No parting shots. I'm going to have a uh, Doc Rivers video out by Sunday, hopefully. Um, next Sunday, that is. so.
0: Yeah. I, I meant to ask you about this. Do, do you not write articles because you like you like doing videos more? Because I feel like articles are easier than videos.
1: It, it's, it's funny you say that. I used to write the script for my videos and then upload that as a written article. So I'd write the article. What I did, I've been writing for a while, so I, I just okay. read everything. I found out that I can make the YouTube videos with the stuff I write, but instead of like reading the article, uh, like a robot, I can just kind of put stats up and read on my own. So, uh, right now I've supplemented writing with doing the videos. I, I think it's just, uh, it's more fun to make. And and I think the visual component helps people out a lot more than maybe just reading. Uh, this person had a 111 offensive rating. Um, maybe it's just a little better to see them doing something or, um, see yeah. why they had that, you know, I, I like mean? it. I mm-hmm. like
0: it. Well, Brock recently did a great video on Mike D'Antoni. Of course, that's kind of all, all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It was fun while it lasted,
0: but yeah. now, now we, we got to work on the real head coach. <laughs> yeah. So be long on the lookout for that video. Brock's videos are always phenomenal, uh, yeah. always very good content. I always find myself enjoying them. Um, I, along with Brian and Jason, came up with the inside story. Not, yeah of—that's—that's that's a weird way of playing. It. I wouldn't say that. I would say we we spent weeks of of collaborating and, and gathering information from 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 various connections to to put together the inside story and the hiring. So, you know, be sure to read that. That's done pretty well. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Landis Brock. His cap has been peeled, so don't be alarmed if the individual you find has a mullet. <laughs> it, it just, it's just—it's the same guy, just a haircut. Can find me. My new handle is NBA Crail. Decided to change it up. Um, as always, thank you for listening to the feed to Embiid. Make sure to give us a a uh, a subscription on Apple Pods, a five star rating, and a review. As always, thank you for tuning in to the feed to Embiid. Enjoy football today. Eagles play at eight twenty. Brock, again, a win tonight? <laughs> 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 Far from it. Far from it. On the national stage too. There we go. There we go. He's Brock Landis. I'm Austin Krell. Take care, everybody. Have a good night.